Hey, kids, do you like wrestling? Well, we like wrestling, too. We are Shake Them Ropes here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Myself and Chris Novembrino kind of doing a lazy river of wrestling criticism, going through the news and whatever happened in stateside television wrestling. And also, you know what? Sometimes we just like to watch old stuff and talk about that, too. Love for you to give us a listen. If you haven't already, we are Shake Them Ropes here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody. And welcome to the Super Cast. I'm Joel, joined by David McDonald. It is Sunday, the 5th of March, 2023. This is episode 249. Um, if you think my voice sounds a bit different, I did strain it quite badly last night, screaming during the Arsenal versus Bournemouth match. Uh, I'm also recording the podcast in the same room as my sleeping children. So I'm trying to, uh, I, I think having the strained voice and I thought, does it sound different to you, David? Do I sound a, a lower pitch? That's this yeah. coming off that way for me. Yeah, it's uh you're very um uh you have your your compressor Basically. filter on, let's put it that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, it's kinda it's uh it's a toned down job for the night. Yes, do not adjust your set, listeners. This is uh well, if you want to blame anyone, blame Arsenal because Goodness me, what a game that was. That was fantastic. We actually have a question from a, a disgruntled Bournemouth fan. He says, oh. let's say hypothetically there was a fucking useless PE teacher wrestling for New Japan who kept fucking up every single match. How long would it take to fire him and replace him with someone competent? Uh, well, that is happening. And it looks like this uh, person is going to win the New Japan Cup. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a Sonata joke. I, I'm joking. I'm joking. But... Uh, yeah, I understand your frustration, Bournemouth fans. Uh, what, what's going on in the world of American sport or Canadian sports? Or well, Canadian sports. Um, well, where are we here? Well, the Leafs got their ass whipped by a team that they should have easily handled last night. But no. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they made some great moves. Uh, the trade deadline was on Friday. Um, and they made some I think solid moves before that to help give us a little bit more sandpaper going into the playoffs soon. It's going to be a tough fucking Eastern conference, Joe. It's going to be tough. Miss Krusty coming. I'll tell you what, the path, (laughs) which is going to happen first, that the Maple Leafs win uh the playoffs uh or El Fantasma (laughs) wins a big match because Bullet Club leads (laughs) Um, Boy, I tell you, they're, they're they're feeling like the same. I, I'm looking for that little uh, office meme with Pam. It's the same picture because <laughs> it is the same feeling I'm getting. But we'll see. You know what? Some look. Boston is really tough. Tampa Bay is always tough. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's Devils, Rangers. Like it's like honestly, there's so many good teams that like in the first round of the playoffs, there's going to be at least 
two, maybe three that are literally like top of the league in the regular season. And they're going to be going home early. It's going to be a bloodbath, but it's going to be great too. In in the same breath, uh, baseball starting soon. Who kids are shocked? (laughs) Baseball, fucking baseball. Um, yeah. And here we go. It's March. We're starting to get some, uh, I don't know. Everybody's kind of jonesing for spring. New Japan Cup season. And that is, uh, I'm sorry. My wife is texting me. Okay. Very good. Um, never mind. Okay. Yes. Everything's great. Great. Good. (laughs) I had a text that threw me off a little bit. Sorry. That's okay. So I, I went to the, pub to watch the uh, Arsenal game yesterday and we ended up getting dragged into a conversation with this uh, English guy who was sitting next to us older gentleman I, I went to the toilet and then I came back and my friend who was visiting actually from Taiwan was talking to this guy and I was just I just overheard a little snippet of the conversation which was oh and I, you know, I don't know if you're a fan of Joe Biden but I mean since, since he took over everything's Everything's gone to shit. And I was like, uh oh. <laughs> so I was just like listening to this conversation from afar and it was unbelievable. Like the, 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 the one that really gave me pause for thought was that he was going off on a rant about, um, the LGBTQ plus community. Oh, uh, he, he was particularly upset by, by, uh, transgender people. Really? Real being his bonnet about that. And this, he came out with this line like, oh, at the, at the end of the day, when you, when you dig up the skeleton, you're going to be looking at that and say, that's a man with a cock or that's a, that's a woman with a pussy. Those were his exact words. Wow. And I started thinking about it. I was like, could, could, would I actually be able to tell? No. <laughs> if it was a male or a female by look, looking at the skeleton? I don't think I could. I mean, I could get a decent a penis back there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Is that a penis or is that an earthworm? I'm not sure. <laughs> Burrowing in. I don't know. Why would you care? I Jesus. My God. But no, I, 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 <laughs> I was just thinking like, it, I, I'm just, I spent the next five minutes just sort of studying uh, human pelvis bones and <laughs> trying to figure <laughs> out if I could tell the difference between them. Uh, I don't think I could. I don't think I could. Um, uh, yeah, I just, I don't understand. And here's you the thing. You game. <laughs> What's that? segment on the podcast. David, <laughs> David guesses whether pelvis is a male or female. Trust me. Just, there's been many a night in the 90s where I had to guess. <laughs> um, I mean, would it be any worse than the, when we were playing the game where you had to identify which tits belong to which you can arrest it really won the same vein wasn't it it really won yeah yeah that's that's true um all right let me just get uh i'm sorry like so cheryl's going shopping right now she's going food shopping right now and she's sending me like text of should i get this or should you get this do you want this or do i want that and i'm like i'm doing a show here um no these are important questions though but this is what the you know, call us though. She wants to know relationship is built. So. Yeah. She wants to know what kind of monsters Let's I want. It. I can help. All right. All right. What kind of monsters I want. They didn't, they don't have my usual flavor that I go for. Uh, so she took a picture. Right, of what are the options? Well, right now it is the new, uh, original taste monster, but it's zero sugar. Um, I, there is, uh, ultra zero, uh, looks like peach, 
and it looks like I'm sorry, these are really confusing. New original yeah. and Ultra Zero. Those sound like oxymorons to me. <laughs> Trust me. I I don't know. I just want like I don't know. so I told her to just get the fucking sugar free Red Bull. <laughs> I was just like, just get that. It's fine. I just need <coughs> excuse me, I should have put on my cough uh button. Um I don't I'm not a big regular coffee guy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, like, get a, a pot of coffee. That's not me. I can't do it. Now, I do like a uh, a latte or a cappuccino. I do like that. But I don't, like, just like regular coffee. I just, I don't know why. Uh, so I have to have something to kind of get the get the ball rolling here. Get the get the engine fired up. Uh, and uh, I don't have anybody that can get me cocaine. So <laughs> I just... <laughs> I just yet. I mean, yeah. listeners, if, they, if you know any dealers in Davis area, yeah, right. You know, hit me up. Um, yes, redcircle.com so. forward slash. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Of course. Uh, do you know? I, I said, and you know, I, I don't think anybody knows. I think you're like one of the few people that actually are aware. And I guess I got to tell because now that I'm fucking. I don't know. I, here's the thing. Now I'm not. Yeah, you're I, pregnant. I, yeah, I'm pregnant. That's it. That, trust me. <laughs> that wouldn't be that would be shocking to people looking at my rather large belly. Um, okay. Anyway, let's move on, shall we? Yes, let's move on. Um, I watched a lot of wrestling today. I was sort of dipping in and out of various little nuggets of New Japan goodness spread across uh, the wrestling world. So now up on NJPW World are the recent Tamashi tapings from uh, Australia. I saw. I think they're from Australia. I watched a couple of matches from the February 4th show. So there was the much, the, the critically acclaimed Robbie Eagles versus Kyle Fletcher match. which was really fantastic. Uh, very heavy on the storytelling with uh, Robbie Eagles, who really mentored Kyle Fletcher at, at some point in his past and sort of playing into that. And then Kyle Fletcher sort of breaking out Will Ospreay uh, influence moves. So it's like the kind of ideological battle between the two, you know, the mentor that he had and the, the mentor he's got now, which is really interesting. So I did mention last week that I think this match was sort of a bit of a test run, you know, maybe testing the waters for a, a possible Kyle Fletcher Singles run in New Japan because he, you know, he's bulked up a lot. He's looking in fantastic shape. And yeah, so I, I would strongly recommend people checking this one out. Uh, it ticks all the boxes you'd want from your New Japan main event epic, even though it wasn't the main event. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I would uh, definitely recommend that is worth a watch. Uh, other stuff from, from that very show, actually, the main event was Hinora versus Caveman Ugg, which was your, your typical meat slapper match. Very good fun. And they did a big angle at the end with Caveman Ugg joining Bullet Club. Oh. Which, you know, I imagine this is sort of a little self-contained Tamashi narratives. But, uh, you know, it was interesting they did that anyway. Like the, the sort of heel-face dynamics of it. Because Hinare is not exactly a baby face. But just the way it was set up, it, you know, see that Caveman Ugg was, was also a heel. So I don't know. I'll, I'll be curious to see how that one plays out. But, uh yeah, that was an interesting match anyway. I also watched Zack Sabre Jr. defending his NJPW World TV title against Blake Christian on Ring of Honor. I so saw that as well. I did see that. Uh, That's the one I, had, I saw, yes. Okay, yeah, you, you you go first then. What did you think of that? So, um, 
like for me, he Zach, I'm I'm speaking of, is perfect in the sense of working for a promotion like uh, Ring of Honor. Um, fits perfectly in the mold. I I, I say this knowing full well that I am a massive Zach fan. Massive. Huge. And I think that him working Ring of Honor is a is a fantastic fit. I felt like this match was just it was good. I don't know. I don't I, I couldn't I couldn't get into it at all. How about you? I, I I'm I could not get into it at all. I felt like it I don't know. It felt like a like like a like it felt like somebody imitating Zack Saber Jr. Does that make any sense? Like it felt like yeah. a like a yeah. It did feel like a parody of himself. Yes, didn't it? he was like the, the, some of the transitions and moves he was pulling out were you know really stretching thin my suspension of disbelief because <laughs> right. you know he's out there he's calling out Brian Danielson he's saying oh, I'm the best technical wrestler. What he's doing is not technical wrestling. I'm going to talk about another match which was technical wrestling. Uh, this this was not it. I thought it was fun. I mean, it was very flashy and showy, and I thought it was an interesting styles mix. I, I like Blake Christian from an in-ring standpoint. I do think he still looks and feels like a geek. And I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see if New Japan are uh, interested in picking him up for future events. Uh, you know, maybe some US-based junior thing they might have in the pipelines, or maybe even best of the super juniors, because I think he's a really... Know, fun to watch wrestler. So I, I put him on the, the level of like a Flip Gordon. But mm. um, yeah, this match was not Zach at his best. It was very sort of flashy and showy, a lot of sparkle, but not a great deal of substance to it. Yeah. Like I said, I felt like it was a someone giving a, a copy of. <laughs> That's really what I felt like. Um, like with... Everything that's going on in the pro wrestling world and everything that's going on in, specifically with New Japan and, and the U.S. and the idea of what strong is now to compare to what it was. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's about the only – I mean, I, there's a lot of people that are looking for a lot of work. Uh, and we got to make cuts somewhere, right? I don't – I. If if we're talking like an undercard on a New Japan show in the middle of fucking Detroit, great. You know what I mean? But I can't see it going any further than that. You're talking about Blake Christian? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I mean, I, I thought another match I watched today as a sort of interesting counterpoint to this was the Ganyujima Katsuri Shibata versus Tom Lawler match from the Inoki Bombaye show, which is also free on YouTube now to watch. So that is technical wrestling. That Zach versus Blake Christian was not. This is. And if you're into that sort of UWF style uh, wrestling, sort of the shoot style kind of very heavily MMA inspired uh, grapple fucker, some people might unkindly reference it. This this is a lot of fun. This is not the sort of stuff I would watch every week, but in small doses, then it was quite entertaining. And it was just interesting to see, you know, Katsuri Shibata and Tom Lawler, two guys I would love to see a lot more of on New Japan programming. I don't know, it just feels like they're sort of picking up picking up scraps at the moment. They're not right. being given much at all. So whilst I enjoyed this match and I do recommend people watching it just 
you know, for the sake of something a little bit different to your regular New Japan style of match, did make me feel a bit sad because I want to see these guys wrestling on New Japan proper. Yeah, me too. And that's that. Well, the, that's the one thing I was a little bit cautious of and fearful of when it came to the idea of strong kind of evolving into big show strong. Um, we're gonna we're we're going to miss out on people. We're going to, and I know that the idea of they're going to just tape a bunch of things at these show. You know, okay, all right. I just feel like the congruency. I feel like the. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of effort that went into certain things that it feels like we are going to be sunsetting very quickly. Um, and I think Tom Lawler is, is, is in that bunch, is in that crew of, of a heavy focus when Strong was live and, and kicking. And now Big Show Strong is, you know... Uh, look, we, we we're not even on strong. We're on we're on an you know, an Anoki produce show. Oh, I, I I don't know. I don't. I feel. Like, I mean, do they have too much talent? Do they are they spread too fucking thin at this point, Joel? Yeah, they obviously they don't have enough programming to certainly feature all the talent I would like to see. You know, I'm thinking. Guys like Bad Tito. We had a question from Psychosis eighty six as if New Japan isn't going to push or use any of the LA Dojo guys. What was the point of the Dojo? And I do think we covered this last week, but Clark Connors and, and Alex Coglin and Gabe Kidd. I would love to see those guys wrestling. It's just, uh, Fred Rosser. Why are these guys not at the New Japan Cup? I mean, again, this is something we've already discussed. But well, uh, I mean, there's a lot of changes going on to see these guys featured. Yeah, there's a lot of changes going on when it comes to. LA Dojo and and faces that maybe you have seen before that we might not be seeing much of. Um, you know, it's uh, it feels like strong as as a, as as an entire entity is uh, w- or at least was a COVID project, <laughs> and it was let's set up an office so that we can run shows somewhere because at least the United States, at least there's pockets of the United States where, you know, they don't give a fuck and they're going to, you know, whatever they're going to do what they do. Uh, and it might be a little bit easier for us to at least put on a show. Um, I think it's, I hate to say it, but I, I, I think the LA dojo is kind of in this weird flux in and itself. And I think obviously strong is going to change and is changing, has already changed. Uh, but I'm not 100% convinced it's for the better. Yes. I mean, I totally agree with you that I think strong was a sort of stopgap pandemic thing. But would have imagined that one of the silver linings of that would be guys that impressed during strong right. were guys you bring over to Japan. But we're not really seeing that happen at the moment and you know I've, I've speculated that I think New Japan is in money saving mode I'm not saying they're in financial crisis or anything but I don't think we're you know they're not obviously not keen on throwing money around to bring over 
huge swathes of talent abroad. I mean, they're being very selective, picking and choosing about who they're bringing over for, for tours and trying to make use of the, the people that they have under contract. Yeah, but I mean, didn't Bushy Road have a, like a, 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 a pretty successful quarter or didn't I see that on a business report somewhere? Um, who, who knows? I mean, I mean, not for nothing. If we are now post COVID and now we're in financial peril, <laughs> you know what I mean? And we're not like, I just, I don't want to like mislead people to think that like they're scraping together, you know, yen <laughs> in the couch. That's not happening. But, um, yeah, you can kind of feel the, the, the uh, the, the the wallet and the and the purse not 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 not, not that open right? they're they're holding on to their money a little bit but it is frustrating because because that's I don't know do you feel like you were promised something and it hasn't delivered and in, and they never specifically said yes people from strong if they, you know that's the end goal like that was never a sentence uttered out of their mouths. But wasn't the assumption there that that's what it was? Because that's what it felt like, and that's how it felt like they were presenting it as these guys were, you know, ready to take the next step, and the next step would obviously be Japan. And there's been quite a few opportunities where, again, we're talking about, oh, they should have this, these guys from Strong Over, and, and how great would it be for this guy to participate in that that hasn't been a reality. I mean, aside from like guys that have already been established, and I, and I guess Leo Rush would be one of those people, um, and maybe TJP. Um, who else has you know come from? We, we, okay, we did get Badu Tito over for a bit. We got Alex Zane coming over for Best of the Super Juniors. Right. Uh, we've got Aussie Open. I mean, I don't know if they count. I, I know, obviously, New Japan have been interested in bringing them over for a very long time. Right. Uh, but it's just, that's just not enough for me. You know, I, I really grew to have a connection with these guys, and I just wanted to see them getting more of a shot. I mean, Kevin Knight, DKC, they've had chances in Japan. But I was just sort of hoping they'd be regular parts of the the, the travelling roster but you know i guess they're just going to be sort of cycling people in and out for particular tours like and all these guys i'm complaining about not seeing maybe we'll see them for the um i don't know sakura genesis or, or don taku or, or you know whatever's around the corner i mean i hope so but i'm not holding my breath let's put it that way i'm it's just i, I mean kent has got the title now and he's you know he's he's showing it off at cork and now, so that's kind of sitting over there I mean, he can obviously go in and out and fly back and forth, and he doesn't seem to have a, cha- a problem with that. But still, it's just it does. I don't know. I I just think there's a lot of guys that are now in this state of limbo. That's again, I never want to say people earn something; they deserve something. Uh, it's pro wrestling, and crazier things have happened. But uh, you you would think that some of these guys would be rewarded for their dedication. And let's be very truthful here. I don't think any of those guys that they would bring in are making a killing, right? They're not making a fucking killing. That's for sure. Uh, and the work is hard 
and they're, they're always under pressure to try to impress, to try to be the one that you know raises somebody's eyebrow to be like, ah, oh, yeah, you know that that that'll work over here. We could use him. So it's got to be pretty frustrating for a lot of those guys that are you know again spent a lot of time there, working hard, and maybe not necessarily getting the reaping the rewards of all their hard work. Well, speaking of other New Japan talent wrestling elsewhere, more than Meat Joy says, did either of you see Yuji Nagata's big win against Kento? We touched on it just yep. in terms of the result. I actually went and watched the match. I thought it was really good. Me too. So I take back my, like, you know, I had some reservations about it and I thought it is good. And Yuji Nagata as the Triple Crown champion is good. Uh, and, you know, if it you know gives me a chance to see him wrestle in extended uh, high-profile matches, then that's great because we're not seeing that in New Japan. I definitely think he's, he, he, you know, visibly slowed down over the last two years, but that's not exactly a hot take. But, I mean, for one thing, it got me to watch All Japan, which is a feat in and of itself. So, <laughs> yeah, thumbs up from me. Yeah. Uh, again, it, I think... So... How can I word this? Uh, without indicting people. <laughs> um, there have, uh, let's just say this. Somebody who is very connected with the Japanese pro wrestling scene um, may or may not have had a lunch with uh, a person that uh, I communicate with. And that person communicated back that this person who uh, is in Japan and had lunch with, uh, and I quote, that promotion is garbage. <laughs> uh, someone who is very tied with the pro wrestling scene in Japan. Uh, yeah, they're in trouble. They're just, they're on, they're on shaky ground. Now, will this title change? be the thing that helps spark interest back in all Japan <sighs> to a certain degree. I mean, again, it got you to watch. Um, it got me to watch. Uh, it got people talking about the promotion, but I don't know how you build off of that. How do you build off of, 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 of a 50 year old, probably even older guy who's obviously in the, in the twilight of his career winning your biggest title um, when you have guys that, and again, you can't, I understand the fact that you have a handful of guys that can really carry a promotion and you can't constantly go back and forth with them, just flopping the title back and forth between them. It doesn't say a lot about your promotion. I hate to say it. It doesn't say a lot about your promotion. Well, no, Dave, the, the playbook is there from pro wrestling Noah who very skillfully used the uh, you know, the waning run of Keiji Muto to establish Kaito Kiyomiya as a, a mega... Oh, no, wait. Oh, yeah. No. Oops. <laughs> that didn't happen. Uh, just the opposite, actually. It's... Look, if, if you are a fan of Big Japan, All Japan, Noah, what have you, and there are whispers of New Japan having involvement in your show, you've got to realize now that there's, <laughs> I saw the results. I didn't see the show yet. Uh, the, uh, uh, J what, what did they call it? The J festival? What was it? 
Yeah, the all-star junior festival. Yeah. Um, take a look at those results. <laughs> Every – I don't care if it's an eight-man tag. If there are New Japan people on the side, they aren't losing. They aren't losing. Uh, I think there was one. I think there was one where Doki was on a losing side, but I don't think he took the pinball. I'm not 100 sure. It's amazing. It's amazing that well, we'll help you pop a house, but <laughs> your guys are not going over, and I don't care who the fuck it is. So yeah, it's uh, it is uh, it is a uh, quite a scene. That's for sure. We also got uh, a little bit of a scoop here about Jay White to probably not surprising many people, but his contract, from what we understand, his contract is officially expired. And you can see that from just little things like the way they're selling off his merchandise and the like. So Flynn says, if Jay has made his last appearance, it feels odd he did not formally get kicked out of Bullet Club in some kind of angle. Do you think Jay post Wrestle Kingdom match with Ibushi is the biggest disappointment during your New Japan fandom? Felt so underwhelming for somebody with his level of talent. I mean, we've discussed this to death. You know, we talked at length about how great the Jay White babyface run could be and was going to be because I, I was convinced it was going to happen at some point. I didn't imagine he'd be quitting and going to WWE, but you know, the, the pandemic changed everything for him. Um, in terms of where I think he's going to land, I do suspect WWE is going to be the most likely destination. Um, yeah, Damon, any additional thoughts on the, well, as, as we understand it, uh, official departure of Jay White? Um, they dropped the ball again. <laughs> they dropped the ball. He, he dropped it as well. I mean, yes. he completely failed to adapt to the, the circumstances around him. Um, I mean, what a colossal fuck up it was! All the buzz that he had after Wrestle Kingdom fifteen, and then just turning, you know, reappearing at Korakuen Hall, attacking Ishii with exactly the same character, exactly the same gimmick, exactly the same style of wrestling. At that point, you could just tell his, his heart's not in it anymore. So, yeah, I, I think he'll be, I think it'll be, it'll be good for WWE. You know what? Just like Yuji Langton with All Japan. I might actually watch a bit of WWE if he does turn up there. Oh, his so first show, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, I, like, like if there's buzz that that he's at a show or something like that, um, yeah, I, I definitely want to see. It was like Shinsuke making, you know, doing the the NXT debut against uh, Sami Zayn. Um, yeah, and that was, and I thought that match was 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 pretty great. And the buzz and the excitement—it was, it was a complete copy paste of the. Uh, Nakamura Ibushi match from WrestleMania. It was, but it was still really good. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. And then just completely downhill from there. Oh my god, I don't like. I forget he's even there. I don't even like. He is just so off my radar right now, uh, and that's which is amazing because, quite frankly, I think a lot of people got into New Japan just seeing him, uh, and just now it's you know what a what a watered down version. But again, he's probably making more money and more famous and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I definitely will tune in to see Jay White there. See what, or, or, or Tommy, uh, you know, whatever they're going to call him, (laughs) Tommy, uh, Zencaster. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This is a question from gig. Uh, he says in honor of Jay going to NXT, can Damon and Joel give each other NXT names? You can't have, 
part of either of your legal names. Examples of actual NXT names, Brutus Creed, Katana Chance, Brooks Jensen, and my favourite name ever. <laughs> I can't read this one without laughing. Tatum Paxley. <laughs> There's something about Tatum Paxley which really tickles me. Oh, who's coming up with these? I think they- Hello, how do you do? I'm Tatum Paxley. Yeah. yeah. I, I'll give you one. I'll give you uh, Matthew Potato Salad. <laughs> And you will be Roy Poo Twister. <laughs> I love it. Roy. Oh, Roy. It's a very bland name. Bland. Uh, I'll be George Glass. No, it's going to be Roy, but it will be spelled R-O-I-G-H. Oh, now we're talking. Yes. Can I have an umlaut? Can I have an umlaut somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> right. to, make me, to make me feel really uh, international. Be great. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll put you on NXT UK. Yeah. Yeah, me and uh me and Trent. Uh is Trent still there? I used to like him. Trent What was uh, it? Trent. I have no idea. Seven? Trent Trent 7. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows what's going on over there? But yes, I will watch Jay uh strong. I they blow it. I look, they could have had it that one of the biggest feuds and biggest uh moments quite honestly in new japan if they did it right uh nope no <laughs> they didn't do that um now i will say this though for what it's worth <laughs> and, and and as i say this in my head uh i'm already talking myself out of it um uh, he did you know on the way out put over hikaleo and then here's where my brain took over uh, yeah, but he's not in New Japan Cup, so <laughs> they, they completely ignore that. And now David Finley has uh, gotten a little yeah, bit of a, David Finley. Right. Yes, let's let's see how the David Finley thing pans out. Because if if he has a good run in the New Japan Cup and they actually capitalize on that, then I'd say they have made some chicken salad out of chicken shit. Right, right. But it is weird. Listen, I saw us trending again. I saw us. Uh, I saw us being stirring the stirring the soup, if you will. I saw us, uh, and I find it. I mean, I do have to say this though. Can can I say this? And uh, and I and I mean this from the bottom of my fucking heart. I think we are we have become the uh, podcast in which we appear in the third paragraph of every one of those fucking jitbag wrestling sites. Or <laughs> right? it's always. Uh, from what we hear, Jay White's contract has ended. And then it goes on and, and gives a fucking long soliloquy about Jay White. And then third paragraph down. Yeah. According to the Super J cast. Thank you. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks for, thanks for the link. And some of them don't link. And I, I'm like, you motherfuckers. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're third paragraph down. Make it, make us, make, just say, just put it, put that in your headline. Super J cast. Put Super J-Cast in your fucking headlines, you creeps. Yeah, we want that class. Yes. Give me the class. We want all the retweets and quotes. We love it. <laughs> Actually, we hate it, but um, whatever. Yeah, please. Come on. Do, uh, you you boobs. Um, now I know I date them. God, Dave must go crazy with that every fucking day. Yeah, they're probably doing it to him. I'm just checking for us. <laughs> I'm vanity searching us. I don't give a shit about Dave. All right, there you go. So please credit us where credit is due. Thank you. 
Okay, uh, let's talk about the New Japan Cup day one. So there is a Pickham's, <laughs> Pickham's contest going on on our Discord. There's no prize for the winner, but there's a truly ghastly forfeit for the loser. Oh. I'm going to text you what it is. I can't say what it is on the podcast. Okay. I, I will just text so you. The person who, so uh, it's, not, okay. it's not who wins, it's who loses. Who, yes. Okay. So oh, the loser. Right. I'll send that away. I can't <laughs> wait to see this. I hope, hopefully, somebody's getting their head shaved. Right, let's see. It's worse than worse that. than that. Okay, here we go. Uh, can I read it out loud? What? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Uh, wow. Uh, people are scared already. Yeah. There's a lot of bracket busters today. There's people sweating now. You know what? I love it because here's the thing. It's, um, yeah, and you got to join the Discord to find out. Um, we're not, we're not going to disclose what the, what the loser gets, but yeah, it's kind of, it gives you motivation to not, <laughs> to not tank. Uh, how many people are, are in ours? Do you have any idea? Like 10, 12, 20? Yeah, it was a, a sort of impromptu thing. No. Like, as the show started, we, we decided to, to do that. So uh, let's have a look and see how many people. Okay. Yeah. We got nine people yeah. <laughs> so far. I would have bailed out. <laughs> and and uh, it's not looking good for the boarding Bogan who got both his picks wrong today. Oh. So. Wow. He's, he's tugging on his collar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to, he's going to have uh uh, what, what a weekend he'll have, right? He'll just sit in front of the TV and <laughs> get, get, get him on the podcast to give us a summary. Yeah, you could. That'd be a lot of content. I would love to see. I, um, you know, when you have a, uh, New York Times bestselling writer, it's, it's, <laughs> it should be interesting, right? We, we could get, we could get that person on the show. Oh. We've got the contacts. Oh. Imagine that. We have a round table. Oh, oh. oh. our last show will do that. How about that? <laughs> we'll go out. I mean, you, you said he's better than the guy who won the main event of this New Japan Cup show. Yeah. So well, I did. That's relevant. <laughs> and there's no doubt. Anyway, if you know, you know. Right. And, and uh, let me, let me just say, I stick by that. <laughs> Absolutely. I do. Uh, that being said, uh, I don't know if uh, I want to read it. All right. Very good. Okay. Right. Right. Today's show. So I'll just quickly go through the other card. Uh, first match, we had Oiwa and Tamatonga against Kosei Fujita and Zack Sabre Jr. So I've enjoyed seeing Fujita and Zack teaming up and seeing him learning from Zack and applying submission moves. And I do think it's going to be part of a very cool long-term story between Oiwa and Fujita, who are so impressive like they, they i don't know they just feel like they're streets ahead of other yeah. uh young lions that i've seen in, in my time as a new japan fan so it's really exciting watching them and also kind of cool seeing tamatonga and zach as i guess two of like maybe the well no two of the top uh foreign baby faces are they baby faces they are kind, kind of baby of, faces yeah. in, in new japan so yeah it's, uh, that, that match was way better than it had any right to be uh, second match, we had Wato, Taguchi, Narita, and Shota against Stick Togo, Show, Yujiro, and Evil. So this was kind of cool just to see Wato and Ren and Shota, who all sort of overlap to some extent with the dojo, I believe. I mean, I mean that, that could be wrong. Mm, but, uh, yeah. Wato may have... Well, I, think they, I think they were all in the dojo at some point. I don't know. 
But anyway, it was cool seeing them all together. And uh, I still think that there's uh, a lot of money in the Ren versus Shota feud. I'm not saying that's going to happen this year, but it's certainly interesting getting them on the same side. And they will be having a tag match against Tanahashi and Okada next week. So that's going to be one to keep an eye on because that could be possibly a vehicle to, you know, planting some seeds between those two. Because I'll be pretty surprised, maybe even a bit disappointed if Ren and Shota are just best buddies and great synergy. And I want to to see a bit of friction there. Yeah. I'm a shit stirrer, David. I want to to see some, uh, something, some drama there. Uh, we also had Yuto Nakashima, El Desperado, uh, Minoru Suzuki against Ghetto, Chase Owens, and Kenta, which was notable for Kenta and Suzuki seemingly setting up a strong title match uh, somewhere down the line. So maybe that'll be collision, I assume. But uh, I think Suzuki versus Kenta for the strong title. Maybe. Is that the highest profile strong title match we've ever had? Oh, no. That I think it might be actually. Uh, I'm getting confused with when Kenta was wrestling Boxley for the US title, but that was the US title, yeah. not the, I, the strong title. Uh, I mean, if you count the roster Lawler feud, uh, I mean, those matches were great, but they weren't high, high profile. Yeah. There's a lot to established names. I think that's a pretty sexy match for these, uh, these big strong live shows that are going to get all fucked up. Then <laughs> <laughs> we just shit on for 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that should be pretty fun, actually. I, I tell you what, that tag match sounds really, really interesting. The the, the Tanahashi Okada. And I kind of dig the, dig the idea of them being a team and, 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 you know, looking at the, at the tag title. I, I, I do dig that. It does give me, uh, early, 80s Bob Backlund vibes. Um, what? But here's the problem, though. Well, I mean, I don't even know if it's a problem. Like, so if I don't know, I I, I think like they're not winning the titles, right? They're not going to give Okada fucking tag titles and the world title, right? I mean, that seems kind of... It it's, it's worth just pointing out that tomorrow is the anniversary event and the main event of the anniversary event is the IWGP Tag Team Championship match with uh, Bishamon defending against Tanahashi and Okada. Now, I don't think that Tanahashi and Okada are going to win because I'm just looking at that part of the New Japan Cup bracket with Kyle Fletcher taking on Yoshihashi and then potentially going on to face Goto. So I think the tag titles would need to stay on Bishamon in order to instigate a yeah. Bishamon Aussie Open feud for those titles. I mean, if, but, if, if that's yeah, what they, they want to do. Never yeah, if that's what they want to do. Yeah. But I like it. I, like, I don't know. They just feel like... I always bitch and moan about how tag teams don't necessarily feel like they're tag teams. Um, They just stick two fucking guys together. And and trust me, it, it, there is that element here. But they are, you know, the two fuck. They they just feel like stars. You know what I mean? Like you feel like you are getting the fucking mega powers here, right? Um, okay. So now, what do you think is the function of this match? So this is Saturday, March eleventh in Aichi. So there are going to be two New Japan second round matches, uh, New Japan Cup second round matches. But so the only announced match is this thirty minute time limit special tag match with Tanahashi 
Okada versus Ren and Shota. So what do you think that is for? Do you think it's setting up a singles feud, like maybe Tanahashi against Shota or Tanahashi versus Ren or Okada versus Ren or Okada versus Shota or... What do you think we do? I mean, I, I honestly, I hate to be a, like the fucking wet blanket on this, but I don't think it goes any further than one of those two looking at the fucking lights. Um, now, it's got to be Tanahashi, surely. Show to pity Tanahashi. <laughs> no, I think the other way around. Um, really? Yeah. 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 Shockingly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, I think Tanahashi's needed a pin there. Yeah. Um, look. I think we can use this as a seed. I think we can, but I'm trying my damnedest, and it doesn't necessarily make for an interesting podcast, mind you, but I'm trying my damnedest to not fucking fantasy book anymore because it never comes to pass. Never. <laughs> yeah, we've wasted so much fucking time saying, oh, well, because of this match order, right. this, I think this is going to happen. It's all absolutely pointless. Pointless. Absolutely. Yeah, we should, we've got to stop doing it. It's hard because, you know, you see what could be. You know what I mean? It's kind of, you know, it, I get it. I understand it. But it never comes. Like, honestly, I'm going with one of those two, and I don't mean Okada or Tanahashi, is taking a pinfall and they're going to shake hands and they're going to show respect. And then Tanahashi and Okada are going to get on the mic and do their closing bit. And that's that. Like, that's. Yeah. I was even as you were speaking, I was thinking, uh, what if Okada just absolutely punks out? <laughs> Show to Uber right. and disrespect, pins him in a disrespectful way and sets off along that. And I was like, no, I'm doing it again. <laughs> but, right? But you can do that. Uh, it, and it's fun. And you can really get yourself going. You know what I mean? You could fucking fill your notebook. It never happens. And And if anything, if anything of the history of Bullet Club tells you that, uh, you know, it's it's the woulda, coulda, shoulda. And I just... What, what I want now, David, is uh, someone to edit together all our big predictions <laughs> interspersed with, uh, you know, those Jonathan Frakes clips where he's saying, it's complete fiction. It's a fabrication. <laughs> right. It never happened. It never happened. <laughs> Please, somebody do that. I would, I would pay money for that. Because, yeah, you're right. It would be... Well, that would be the whole show. We could take the day off and just let that play for an hour. Because <laughs> there's millions of them. Ah, oh, we stink. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. So we also got Leo Rush, Yo, and Yano against Bushi, Hiromi, and Shingo. It's great to see Leo Rush just there on a regular tour. Yeah. I think and a lot of people had their doubts about him. I was always a bit more bullish and optimistic because he just, you know, from day one, he was working his socks off on New Japan Strong, even in the, the empty arena day. So I just, you know, looking at how he's been, used in other companies. I never feel he was given a fair shot. So it's great to see him. He joined himself in New Japan. I think this is some of his best work. He's done wonders for Yo, and I'm really looking forward to the uh, the, the Hiromu Junior Challenge. You know, whether or not he wins, I just I hope he sticks with the company. I just got a text from an L Rush saying, New Japan, fuck it, I'm out of here. Oh, is he retired? <laughs> I just got the text. Unbelievable. L, I don't know who L Rush is, though. I don't, I'm not sure. Um, well, yeah. I mean, look, I, I'm thrilled with it, too. I've said it, that that would be a fantastic challenge. And 
definitely add some spice to a junior division that could use some some extra seasoning. Uh, let's 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 hold off on giving them flowers, though. I mean, you know, it's one fucking tour at this point. Uh, no, he, he did. Um, he did the Super Junior Tag League. He was really good. He was. That. That's true too. Okay, I'll give you that. All right. Can I give him half a bouquet? A little couple. Yes. A little. A little ring. Sing, a single rose. How about a succulent? Would <laughs> you like a succulent? <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch it. Uh, Leave okay. rush, you get the succulent. Uh, <laughs> we had a uh, Honma Tanahashi Okada against Yoshihashi Ishii and Goto, which maybe, uh, as I mentioned on the uh, commentary as well, what do you think the Chaos group chat is like? What are the dynamics oh. of that? This is definitely a group that Okada has on mute. Yeah, he's yeah. he's not reading or posting anything in there. Which members of Chaos do you think are the most active in the Chaos group chat? Mm. Um, I would say, you know what? I would say yo. Okay. Think yo is pretty yeah, active in it. I think it. Robbie Eagles as well. Think Robbie Eagles as well. Gino. Gino's yeah. got a lot of time on his hands, so he might be. He's not in chaos. Oh, yeah, he's, he's not in chaos. I'm sorry. You're right. Well, maybe he just gets in there. <laughs> he just throws the shit. I don't know. Maybe he got access. I don't know. Uh, I know he's not in chaos. I'm just. I just thought I. I heard no. Rob, Robbie's angry now because of the Leo jumping the queue. Yeah. So Robbie's probably like screenshotting that and sending it to other people. Oh, look at these fucking jerks. Yeah, and, he, I, and Robbie probably brings up stonks too, right? <laughs> he's probably <laughs> Gotto probably uploaded loads of photos of his kids. Yeah, yeah. No one's reacting to them. Nah, no, no likes, no hearts, no nothing. Yep. Uh yeah. Okada's got it on mute. Um. Oh, what else? Rocky Rocky Romero is probably yeah, pretty yeah, fucking they're sending silly memes. Yeah, no, Ro- Rocky's sharing a uh, like uh, crypto <laughs> Ponzi schemes. <laughs> hey guys, you got to check this out. You got to invest. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He's probably. Uh, yeah, I mean, it does seem weird seeing Okada pounding on fucking Ishi or pounding on uh, Yoshihashi. Uh, it does seem okay. he has no idea. So someone's going to ask him, be like, "So, how were the sort of dynamics that you, as the leader of chaos, facing off against uh, your, your stable mates?" There, he'd be like, "I'm a member of what? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. I don't know what you're talking about. Is that still going? <laughs> I thought we disbanded years ago. Right. I haven't been getting my checks from chaos. It's weird. Uh, yeah. I. I mean, is chaos still a thing? Just a towel, guys. It's a towel. <laughs> right, it's, it's not a fashion. Towel. Yeah, it's just a towel. Chaos is just a towel. Uh, that's the name of my new Spotify playlist. Chaos is just a towel. I can't remember who it was that said that. I think it was Mike. Mike and Tracy who uh, filled in for us. Oh, yeah. If it wasn't Mike or Tracy, if, I, if, I, if I've got it wrong and I've misattributed that brilliant quote yeah. to uh, incorrectly, please let me know. Yeah. I think it was Mike. We need to give full credit. Anyway, yeah. uh, we had our New Japan matches Hello. here. And just take my my brackets, my pickums, wipe your ass on them, put them in the bin. It's all gone to shit. We had uh, Tetsu United versus El Fantasma. The website's not been updated, so I can't tell you exactly how long it went, but yeah. Naito was the winner. And what did he use? Did he use the Polvo de Estrella to win? So he didn't yeah. use the full Destino, but I don't know, Damon. I mean, the match was fantastic. It really was. And it was 
proof of concepts, everything that we've been saying about ELP for years, that he he can absolutely do the New Japan main event style. The crowd love him. You know, he had the fans at the palm of his hands and it just felt like they were, they were trying his name. Yeah. Like the ELP chants were drowning out the Naito chants. You know, he was busting out some big sort of dangerous high-flying moves and hard hitting with the, the kicks. And I really thought he was going to win. I thought, yep, yeah, this is the moment where they're going to pull the trigger. And he didn't. I just was so deflated afterwards because he's not a young guy. Like, I don't know how old he is exactly, but he's in his 50. mid to late oh, 30s. Sorry. So <laughs> <laughs> he's 52. The oldest 52-year-old. And what are we waiting for? Why can't, why can't we have nice things? Why can't ELP be a proper main eventer? Is he just a, a gatekeeper now? Or do you think that there is something in the pipelines and they're just taking their time with it? I felt really deflated by this one. I, I can see that. I, I, I was too. And I think, you know, in Corkin's pretty infamous for being uh, rooting, rooting for the underdog, you know, and kind of, you know, finding a way to to root for the underdog. The I I don't know uh, with uh, about ELP at this point. Like to me, the ideal scenario would be him kind of taking the forefront in Bullet Club and being that guy. And the angle was there to make it happen. But I mean, maybe Don Taku. Don Taku is traditionally the Bullet Club event. So if nothing happens by Don Taku, then I'm selling my stonks on not on ELP because ELP is great but selling my stonks on more of our shitty pointless fantasy booking <laughs> yes I will say this though he, you know you, he, it was no really noticeable about uh, the size that he's putting on um, it's it's noticeable of how he not only keeps up with a heavyweight but like a top flight heavyweight he kicked out of a fucking Destino. You know what I mean? And again, Destino's... Well, it was the running Destino, uh, wasn't it? It wasn't the full... My bad. Oh, right. what, well, I mean, still. Uh, it, which was, I think, a significant spot. Uh, and, and, right, they, and it was... They, he wasn't put away by the classic Destino finishing with it. It was the Polvo Destria. So that kind of indicates maybe that there is unfinished business between these two they may yet wrestle again because usually when they do that it signifies that we're not done this is yeah. maybe the first step in a long term because they, they, they did that with um Maito and okada in last year's new japan cup and then that sort of set the table or was it already the second match in the three matches there i can't remember but point is if a guy doesn't use their finisher it usually means they're going to wrestle again i hope so because the match was really fucking great um I thought I thought Naito was 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 really excellent. You know, after ELP's mocking uh, with the uh, fist yeah. pump, uh, and then it was all Naito. And Naito's in the corner doing the ELP, you know, hand gimmick. Uh, I don't know. It was. It felt. It. It. It really did feel like it. It was upset city time. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people. Well, I don't know if a lot of people went Naito over ELP or vice versa. But I think a lot of people that were looking for that infamous first round upset were pointing their finger at that. Um, but 
once again, we got fucked. And uh, yeah, speaking of getting fucked, was the main event with uh, Sonata defeating Tai Chi. Now, again, I thought this was a, a really, really great match. They, uh, well, after like the first five to ten minutes, I was like, "Oh my god, this is this is shit. This stinks." Mm-hmm. Like rubbish. Sonata's come back, but that was all part of the story. So Tai Chi lampshaded this, and you know that that was part of the narrative of the match. That he's like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" You know, Sonata looked like. Uh, Jeff Hardy during that was it Victory Road match in his team. I was like, oh my god, is he okay? And yeah, no, eventually Taichi managed to get him fired up. And I thought the you know the, the, the last ten minutes of this was really great. And I've been praising Sonada over the last eighteen months. I, I you know really think he's tightened his game up and he's starting to fill in a lot of the holes in his his wrestling. It only took him twenty years apparently over the years. <laughs> <laughs> like the sloppiness is mostly gone. It's mostly gone. There's, there was you know, a couple of moments in this match. I was like, oh, oh. but uh, what, one thing he showed in this match that he people accused him of not showing was that fire, mm. that passion. And that, again, that was part of the story of the match, that it was Tai Chi that managed to stir up that fire within him. And yeah, he looked more fired up than I think I've ever seen him. And I think I've said that a few times in... You know, over the last year with Sonata. So fair play to him for, I think, doing a better job emoting. Because I think, you know, to be a top guy in New Japan, you need to have those levels to your emotions. Like, you know, if it's a big match and you're fired up, you've got to show something a bit extra, a bit different. And he did that here. He's got a new finishing manoeuvre again. That's another thing that I've thought about Sonata and said over the years. He's, he's lacking a really impactful finishing move. And Taichi, to his credit, he kicked out of two... Uh, rounding body presses or moon salts, as, as you may call them. So Sonata uh, had a, a new finishing move, which I thought looked really good. So, you know, not not dissimilar to a Blade Runner. So I don't know if he was waiting for Jay to leave before he he started workshopping that one. Uh, but yeah, you know, we had this uh, Sonata losing run storyline, which probably was setting the table for. I hate to say it to, for him to win the New Japan Cup. Ooh. I'm saying it. I think he's got to be one of the favourites now. We haven't done uh, Sonata Okada for a while. Oh. You know, that's a match that can that can uh, do numbers uh. at Sumo Hall, especially if what? this is Sonata with a fresh cut. Of I don't, I don't like it, David. I don't want that. <laughs> as much as I praise Sonata, you know, New Japan Cup should be for elevating you guys, and we've got the two guys that I wanted to see get a push just go crashing out in flames after day one. You know, I wanted to see Taichi and ELP having a run in this tournament, and instead we've we've got Naito and Sanada. So it's, it is not to my taste, but I can acknowledge that it was a really good match and praise Sanada for the improvements in his game, uh, but also say I'm terrified at the prospect of him winning this tournament. That I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, that would be incredibly disappointing. Not only just the fact that I'm not the biggest Sanada guy, just... Like all the talent that hello, welcome to twenty nineteen again. Right, I mean all the talent that they fucking have, and we're going with him again. Like we haven't learned our lessons. Well, here's the thing with learning the lessons. <laughs> there is a massive disconnect, I think, between what a Japanese audience wants and what a Western audience once um and and there are times where that can mesh 
And there are times when that can be miles and miles apart. This is, I feel, one of those moments of miles and miles apart. Like, I just don't understand the Sonata thing other than, you know, he's he's able to make it happen in Japan. Um, but Did you like the match? Yes. Well, what did you think of Sonata's performance here? Uh, I thought it was one of his better ones. Um, I still – and the fired up thing that you, you – absolutely – and again, I like, I think Tai Chi is really become one of those guys where you're almost expecting, like in a, in, a, in a decent spot match, you're almost expecting it to be really good. And that, and that is, to me, that's one of the greatest stories maybe in the past four years, uh, is his ascension. Um, but I thought the match was really good. I was disappointed in the finish. It, it did feel like, we were doing samesies for reasons unknown when it really felt like this company is was ready for a new coat of paint. We got the same shade, it looks like. Um, now, can I ask you this? This this means does this mean does this mean a Naito Sonata match? I think so. It's got to be. I mean, looking at the brackets. Unless Kenta defeats Sanada. Right. You know, in which case, what is the point of this, this Sanada thing? Like, then I would be annoyed that Sanada lost. Right. Uh, ironically enough. So, yeah, because Kenta has the bye, right? Yeah. I mean, this, this could be the start of uh, Sanada. And I'm doing it again. <laughs> right, it's hard. Going through his LIJ stablemates, beating Naito, beating Shingo in the final, winning the cup, and then joining just four guys to become. Mostly just four, usually just four guys, at least just four guys, at least four guys. Uh, but no, no, no more fantasy booking. You know what they should okay. do? They should be called just five guys at that point, And then they should just come out with like making hamburgers and shit. It'd be great. <laughs> Handing them out to the people. crowd. <laughs> be great. Uh, big bag of French fries. Uh, okay. So there you go. Um, I don't think. <sighs> I don't think they have the balls. So we've got Chase Owens versus Kenta. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. I don't think that. I don't think New Japan has the balls to do Sonata and Naito. I, I don't. I don't think they have the balls. Really? I, nope. So what do you think we're, we're, we're getting? Them? We're getting Kenta is... Naito. Wow. So you think you are not in agreement that this Sonata thing is a run to the final, if not winning it? Um. Okay. No. Now, now again, maybe that's me just kind of purposely turning my eye to logic and just you know sticking my fingers in my fucking ears. And I, I don't. Um, that being said, one of the guys, or quite honestly, two of the guys that I would have thought if they were going to make some you know shake things up a little bit, I mean, those two guys were probably high on my list of making that happen. No, I think this is a uh, Osprey or uh, a Finley show at this point. I hope. I hope. But here's the thing. Osprey, I think, is winning G1. So I don't think he's winning Cup. Yeah, and Chris Samson pointed out actually earlier on today that – what did he say? Let me let me get his exact Fuck words. Fuck you, Damon. Uh, is that what he said? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so Will Ospreay has eliminated Sanada from the last two New Japan wow. Cups. I suppose that's a reason for Sanada to make it to the semis against Will. Now, I, I did point out in response to this that if you go down the rabbit hole of... I mean, everyone's wrestled each other so f- often in this company now that if you go down this rabbit hole of saying, oh, well, you know, so-and-so's going to get their win back over so-and-so here, that there are, you, you know, that could pull you into so many different directions. But Chris has set that one on the table. So if that happens, you know, you know how to blame it. <laughs> right. All right. Um, I mean, what, we have shows tomorrow for that, right? We do. So, uh, yeah, tomorrow is the anniversary event. So by the time you're listening to this, it will probably already finished. Right. But uh, this is the Oda City General Gymnasium. So we've got Kosei, Fujita and Zach against ELP and Kenta. So this could be where they plant the seeds. No, <laughs> not doing that. Yeah. Uh, second match, uh, Kojima, Yano and Tamatonga against Carl Fletcher, Mark Davis and Will Ospreay. So, yeah, I'm quite looking forward yeah. to that, to seeing uh, Will and Aussie Open hopefully kicking some ass. Third match, we've got Ren, Despi, and Suzuki against Dick Togo, Show and Evil. So those guys are still wrestling each other for some reason. Uh, fourth match, Sanada, Shingo, and Naito against Hinare, Okada, and Jeff Cobb. Fifth match, we've got an anniversary event junior heavyweight special tag match with Leo Rush and Yo versus Bushi and Hiromu. Sixth match, we have Shota Umino versus Yudro. That's got to be a show to win, yes? <laughs> I hope so. Uh, the seventh match, New Japan Cup first round, David Finley versus Tomohiro Ishii. So all of the logic suggests that Finley is winning. But so, yeah, Ishii, <laughs> vertical drop brain buster, 14 minutes, Ishii through to the next round. Yeah, stone pitbull. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I no, can't. It's seriously, it's got to be Finley, yeah, like surely. Be. I mean, what was the point? If Honestly, if, if Finley is losing this match. What was what was the point of all of that? <laughs> it's got to be Finley. It's got to be Finley. Uh, then the main event is, as I mentioned before, the IWGP Tag Team Championship match with Bishamon against Tanahashi and Okada. So I'm saying Bishamon win here. It wouldn't shock me if Tanahashi and Okada do win the titles. I don't I'd see an Okada as a double champ. Really? You know, that could elevate the tag titles a bit. But uh, no, I'll go Bishamon for the win. Yeah. Who's 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 looking at the lights? Tanahashi? Yep. Okay. Uh, we're not setting up Hiroki Goto for his final IWGP. We're not setting up anything <laughs> ever again. Nothing is going to be set up. No breadcrumbs, no storylines, just a series of random, <laughs> non-related matches and events. Okay. Alright. I'm looking forward to it. I want to see him under the fucking waterfall again. Let's do it. Hiroki Koto, baby. No, I don't think it's happening. Tanahashi, another another loss. Mm, mm, mm. Dad status is quickly approaching for Hiroshi Tanahashi. If he's not up there already. Yeah, other shows this week. Uh, Wednesday, there's one in Fukushima. We've already done our pick so I don't think yeah. there's any point going over this again, but uh, that will be Yano against Mark Davis, and main event of Ren versus Evil. And then on Friday in Yamanashi, our cup matches will be Yoshihashi against Kyle Fletcher and Shingo against Hidori, which should be quite fun. That be good. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Alright, well that is New Japan Cup done. I would like to talk about Fantastica Mania. Ah. I really enjoyed these two. 
Parker shows. I think like one of the low key heartwarming things coming out of the pandemic is that the the flame of love between New Japan and CMLL still burns bright. And I, I've been saying that for years, like pandemic or not, Chairman Sugabayashi absolutely loves CMLL and other people have hand waved it, but I think they've been proven wrong from this tour. CMLL is good. Fantastic Mania was great. It's received widespread critical acclaim, including from some of the most uh, vocal New Japan critics. So I think everyone who watched these events enjoyed them. I don't know exactly how much you watched, but from whatever you did see, did you have a good time? Yes. Yes, I did. Um, It is, again, everybody knows the fucking... This is not my favorite time of year when it comes to New Japan, blah, 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 blah. But I always say that like the the, the shows at Corkin are usually, if not fun, great. Right? They're 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 either in many cases, not either. It's fun and great. In some years it's been tons of fun. In some years it's been, wow, that was a fucking fantastic match and to close out a show or, you know, close out the first night at Corkin. Um, The fans, the people that are there absolutely adore that time of year. They are there to have a fiesta, if you will. Um, it's 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 that that's what I I think I well you are having a siesta. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm having a fresca. What? Um, look, I'm not going to shit on anyone's fucking party. Okay, not I'm not here to do that. It was an enjoyable watch. It was I. Here's what it was for me anyway. I got more joy and pleasure watching watching the people in the crowd and their reactions and their uh, into it. You know, I I, I enjoyed that m- most. They had the fucking those fucking horn, rah, horn. What are they? The vuvuzes or whatever the fuck they're called. Um, yeah, vuvuzes. Yes, God bless you. I think we should have Vuvuzelas on this podcast. I think. I think whenever one of us isn't talking, the person who's not talking should be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that'd be wonderful. Uh, they're into it, I, and and that that makes it much more enjoyable. Um, yeah, th- could you imagine this in a in a non vocal crowd environment, a clap crowd? No, no, right. Would not work. It would not work at all. It would be awful. Yeah. But yet, when you add those those people there who are there to celebrate, love it. Love it. Lo- I love that aspect. Look, to me, a lot of what I see um, is feels s- kind of choreographed and I like it, it to to a in, to an extreme where I'm noticing the. Uh, choreographic nature of a match, uh, and that's the style, and that's just that—that that is what it is. Um, I don't know. I know you were raving about a couple of matches. Um, they were, they were okay, but like they were good. But I would love to be able to look at them through the through the lens of 
a avid Lucha fan because th- looking at these matches through my eyes, it's hard for me to make the disconnect between what I like and what I don't like. Um, I thought they were good. I don't think they were great. Um, and I don't know if I would like even be like, yeah, you got if some, you got to go check this out. It was good in the pocket in which it was. And then in the, in the environment that it was, but I can't sit here and say that like I'm doing cartwheels and, you know, as I, I, Joe Lanza would say, pacing in my fucking living room because of Fantastic Mania uh, and these two cork and shows. Well, I am doing that, and I couldn't praise Fantastic Mania for about eight minutes. So uh, sit down, make yourself All comfortable. All right, go for it. Uh, yeah, I, th- I thought these characters were fantastic. I just had a great energy. I loved having the the Spanish commentary as well, really brought a bit of extra flavor to it. And I just felt like from the first match, guys were going to work and, and also having fun, most of all. like There was a real sense of joy from these events. And it was like they all kind of remembered why they love wrestling. And it doesn't have to be all you know, hard-hitting, strong-style, epic main events or violent grudge matches. Like, it's just a bunch of people having a lovely time. And, and they put a lot of effort into it. I loved all the sort of mini feuds that were running through it. Like, they had the uh, Tiger Mask 4 versus Hijo del Villano 3 as a little nod, a throwback to the 1981, you know, original Tiger Mask versus Villano 3 feud. I really loved uh, Cap- Capitan Suicida, versus Ultimo Guerrero, who has got the greatest mullet I've seen since um, Falcon from Gladiators. <laughs> I, I'm starting the campaign to get Ultimo Guerrero in the G1. Oh, please I, don't. I thought he's no, great. I don't. This match, I, re- no, I really love this. This might be my favorite match on the whole tour. It, like, it had the similar vibe of a, a 2017 Hiromu versus Kushida match. They were just like throwing each other off the top rope for 10 minutes, and I loved it. Uh, I enjoyed the stuff with uh, Naito, and Barbario Cavanario playing Naito's theme on Taguchi's little keyboards. Kenta Sato getting a visual pin on Bushi, who is uh, the, the second least credible person who's pinned Bushi this year. Uh, I mean, Taguchi's usually a hard skip most of the time, but I actually think he's been pretty fun this tour. And yeah, worked a lot harder than he's ever done over the last two years. Like there was a bit in this match where they did a triple Tope Suicida, which you know, not for nothing, you don't usually see guys doing that on a, a Korakuen Hall show. And yeah, again, these little storylines, Naito stole Taguchi's pharaoh mask and keyboard. So yeah, they're, they're sowing the seeds for a, a huge Naito Taguchi feud this year, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'm joking. But you know, a, a, a low key, like really entertaining mini feud throughout this tour. And, and that's what you love to see on these tours for the freaks. You know, these little self-contained stories that reward you for, for watching and paying attention. And yeah, that was a, a legitimately good six-man match that I really enjoyed. And yeah, the two main events from the 27th show, the Templari against Volador and, and Titan versus Soberano, just, just like really, I, I think, high-level Lucha stuff. And again, the regular Lucha watchers, I mean, we've got some in our Discord and they really loved it as well. And, and Dave Meltzer's rate, rated them really highly. I thought they were just really like top-quality wrestling matches. I don't think they're going to be in my match of the year list come December, but I enjoyed them just for, for them being something different and yeah, just very high-level pro wrestling. I mean, they packed a lot into, what were they, 13 minutes? Like, they had this kind of similar em- energy as a, a you know, mid-tour, best of the Super Junior main event in a good way. And 
that was a, just a, a really entertaining show on the 27th. Like, if you haven't seen any Fantastica Mania, I would say that show, the Coracle and Call show from the 27th, just top to bottom, just captures the essence of what I really enjoyed about Fantastica Mania this year. And the show on the 28th was great as well. We had the, uh, the let me actually get the results up here. If you just bear with me for a moment. I should have done this before. <laughs> Get the movies out. Uh, yeah, so the second match is Tiger Mask defeating uh, Hiko Del Milano 3. Nine minutes, 28 seconds, Tiger Suplex. Yeah, you know, this is emblematic of how cool Fantastic Mania is when you could get a very good singles match playing off a week of condensed mini feud on the second match in front of a really hot crowd. Like, when are you going to get Tiger Mask in a singles feud in New Japan outside of Fantastic Mania? And, he can still go. Like he, he's really underrated, Tiger Mask. And, and every time he's in a feature match, I'm out on the streets saying this grumpy old fucker still kicks ass. He's still technically and physically rock solid. He's a really good base for the high flies. And I'm not asking Tiger Mask to get a mega push as a you know junior champion or anything. But having Fantastic Mania existing as the platform for just a little celebration of Tiger Mask is is really good for me. And they, you know, they all hug it out at the end. Everyone's happy. It just it warms my heart again. Just everyone out here having a lovely time. And uh, case in point, the uh, next match with Oiwa, Kojima, Tanahashi, all putting on the Rei Kometa face paint and the headband. Why? Just for fun, right? It's just an example of the laughs they have at Fantastic Mania. They didn't need to do it, but they did. And it made for a very cool, very memorable moment. Like, all of the matches had these little treats in it where it just, you know, made them stand up, made them memorable, and just that little extra bit of enjoyment there. Uh, there was also, well, <laughs> the yeah, singles match with uh, Dulce Gardenia uh, defeating Okamura. Big yikes. Not sure about <laughs> that one, Chief. Delete this. Oof. Will Ospreay's probably listening to this rubbing his hands together waiting for me to cancel Okamura just like I permanently cancelled Will for the B Priestley angle. And yes, I'm sorry to say, uh, yeah, this uh, fantastic Amelia has been milkshake ducked. Okamura's getting a one-way trip to council town. Oh. <laughs> I mean, even more unfortunately, I, I found myself quite enjoying this match. And sadly, I, I have to cancel myself. Yeah. So uh, please press stop, <laughs> unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've talked about all the little payoffs to these mini feuds, but Dulce Gardenia finally getting a big smackaroo on the lips of Okamura is right up there. I mean, if we're looking for proof that Kikuchi is back and writing the storylines <laughs> for New Japan again, look no further than this masterpiece. Uh, I mean, w- w- I would not be against uh, Dulce Gardenia coming wow. back. Wow. Putting the best of the Super Juniors. Mm-hmm. I think he really got himself over with the fans here. You know, he was there for the 2020 tour and he did a lot of really fun stuff with Shingo. But I, yeah, I just think the Korokan Hall fans and, you know, the, the Japanese New Japan watchers in general, they really took a shine to Dulce Gardenia. So I think he was one of the guys who came out of this tour with his stock raised. Then the fifth match we had Soberano Jr. defeating Echicero in 13 minutes. We had a, you know, classic power guy versus high fly. There was a ton of brilliant interconnected grappling, some really creative spots and transitions. And really highlighted and showcased these two wrestlers who I think made the most of this tour and, again, really raised their stonks. Like, if I'm picking two guys who I think made the most of it, it would be these two. And I hope we get both of them back this year. And look, I'm going through these match times. We've got four minutes, nine minutes, right. six minutes, seven minutes, 13 minutes, 
14 minutes, 16 minutes. This is really breezy stuff. Like it was very digestible. Everyone loved these shows. The longest match on these the Coracle doubleheaders was the 16 minute main event with uh, Mystico and Atlantis Jr. Right, can we get more of this, please? Really? New Japan should learn from this. Like, there is a time and a place for the long, epic 35-minute match, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with having all of the matches on a show go less than 20 minutes. I don't think anyone's going to be demanding their money back because the matches weren't long enough. And, you know, look at all the praise that Okada versus Kaito Kiyomiya is getting for its brevity. And maybe it's my fucked-up attention span, but if I could get New Japan to change one thing about the product it would be the match lengths. You know, we can save the 30-minute epics for a handful of your biggest matches, but again, this is a case in point that less is more. Um, I've written about Watto and Ultimo Guerrero and uh, Barbaro Cavanario, who teamed up on uh, this Relevos Incredibles match against uh, Despi and Templario and Volador Jr. I mean, that team, just reading out those names, Watto, Ultimo Guerrero and Kavanaro. They should be six-man, never chance. <laughs> That's, you know, real random select energy there. Like, they picked all the best Lucha Pervert New Japan wrestlers for this tour. Who and I look Guys like Despi and Watto and Doki, guys who who love and respect Lucha, they were clearly having the times of their lives mixing up with the CMLL crew. Because, you know, sometimes on Fantastic Event, you get guys you know, from both sides, to be fair, who don't you feel like they don't really want to be there. But I thought they absolutely nailed the roster this year. Like the balance was perfect. Every single person brought their A game. Uh, just yeah, really enjoyable stuff. And you know, at the end of the show, everyone's in the ring, hugging it out, just having a great time. So just find something that you love as much as Mr. Go loves Korak and Hall, because that man <laughs> did not want to leave. Like he was, at, he was literally kissing babies out there. So much so that <laughs> Kevin Kelly and Chris Sharp were lampshading that at the uh, the uh, All Star junior festival they, they were timing like right how long is it going to take for mr go to get out the ring let's give him till the top of the hour <laughs> <laughs> so it's really fun just watching mr go just absolutely milking the crowd for every last bit of adulation so i had a blast watching fantastic mania i will be very much looking forward to it next. i'm time. glad people enjoy it i trust me and again i don't want to be the wet blanket i don't want to be the the downer uh you know it's just i i agree with everything you said in the sense of uh, the energy and people smiling and 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 enjoying themselves not only the fans but but the participants and i think you're exactly right the people who were there wanted to be there um and leaned into it and had a great time with it um again i that i agree a thousand percent again it's it's like me going to a fucking country western concert you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to fucking have a, you know, I want to give a shit about the music, but eh, maybe I'll have a couple beers and have some laughs. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, that's really what I think of it. It's not for me, but it's like, all right, you know, it's, it's, I, I feed off of everyone else enjoying it, I think is, is, is really what it is. I also would like to discuss the All Star Junior Festival, which, you know, strictly speaking, is not a New Japan event, but there was New Japan involvement, and I think it's worth mentioning. Uh, although we will start off with a question from Dr. Gary, who says, was the All-Star Junior Festival badly hurt by being pay-per-view? I didn't pay and hardly saw any engagement online for it. Obviously difficult with TV, Asahi, gift situation. I suppose it was more for a Japanese audience, but still surprised how little discussion it seemed to generate. And yeah, Dr. Gary is right. There was no buzz for this. Like there were a handful of people watching it in our Discord, but 
There was like barely anything on Twitter. I think, yeah, the pay-per-view stuff is probably the biggest culprit, but I also think it was poorly timed. Like it coming off the back of Fantastic Mania, there was a lot of, you know, they were sort of scratching those same itches that had already been well scratched by Fantastic Mania. And I kind of had my feel of sort of wacky all-star novelty matches by that point. So I didn't watch this live. I watched it a couple of days later after I'd had a bit of a break uh, post Fantastic Mania. But yeah, I think they could have, one, not had it as pay-per-view and two, put it in a better slot. Like, you know, maybe between the the end of the uh, New Japan Cup and uh, what's it? Sakura Genesis, yeah. just to, you know, let it breathe a bit rather than having it crammed onto the end of a uh, very fun but also lengthy Fantastic Mania tour. Yeah, um, I'm with you a thousand percent. I don't think there was any buzz uh, as much as much as they tried to a certain degree. Um, and I think it really, at least in the West, it was tailored toward people who are really into the pro wrestling. You know what I mean? There is, there are plenty of people that if you are a supporter of new Japan pro wrestling and you really don't dip your toes into a lot of other promotions, there is a lot of, you know, guys that you probably aren't going to know or be familiar with. So that kind of hurts a little bit in the sense that I'm buying this based off of the people that I do know um, and maybe people that I've heard of. Other than that, you're, you're, you're a pretty hardcore pro wrestling fan if, if you're going into the third match and being like, I, I can't wait to see this guy or that guy from fucking Freedoms or whatever. Um, I think that the idea... Of And again, I've said it before, but the idea of paying extra for these shows, and I understand the logistics, I understand the TV stuff, I I get it. Uh, I would would love to see a number of how many people purchased that. I don't know how we would find it. I don't know how we would know, but give me a number. Of how many people that you think bought this pay per view from a non Japanese household? Oh God, from non Japanese, um, oh, I'd be surprised if it was more than triple digits. Yes, yeah. I would be shocked if it was more than triple digits. There, there's, uh, I'll set the the over under at fifty thousand. Over fifty thousand, under fifty thousand. What for global yep. buys? Under probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, nobody's buying this. <laughs> nobody's buying this. That being said, uh, I've I've yet to see it. I've yet to watch it. Um, it just it was a weird timing. You're right. I think it, it as much as they tried to promote it, it was a tough thing to do because you had so much shit squeezed in all around it. Um, and I, I hate to say it, but a lot of the matches were kind of like, 
uh, who gives a shit? I mean, I said it last week. I'm like, I'm, pro- I'm not buying this, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm not buying this. Like, was there? Any- there was nothing there that was like that. Joe, was there anything there where you were like, oh, okay, I got, I got, I can't wait to see this match? No. Yes. Oh, there were. Well, no, no, not before watching it, but I do have recommendations after. Okay. I, I, I mean, going yeah. into it, I was with nothing and but here's the thing though i mean you knew you were going to get some good wrestling don't get me wrong like you knew you were going to see the guys working their fucking tails off Uh, no no doubt about that just like i have 24 hours in a day and like what am i gonna how am i you know if i gotta cut anything that that was probably first on the list just it is what it is all right so you go ahead what what do you recommend that we watch well first of all i think we should praise Kevin Kelly and Chris Charles oh, yes. for their commentary. And I would not expect either of them to know all of these wrestlers. And obviously, as they acknowledge, there's a big community effort for the notes, but the way they presented it, just always with the utmost professionalism to, to give you all the information you need to have a buy-in for all of the wrestlers and, and understand the narratives of the match. So they did a really good job with that. So if you do... Check it out. The English commentary is, is definitely worth pursuing. And I suppose that there is worth some mention of the fact, the, the match order, which what was initially mentioned on the English website did actually turn out to be the match order. Mm-hmm. So uh, Hiromu trying to outdo Liger, put himself in the opener to show how uh, selfless he is. But uh, yeah, that opener, the, the standout was Fujita Jr. Hayato. He was really, really good. Chris Charlton was putting him over big on commentary. It seems that him, he and Hiromu want to have a singles match. Yamato, after the match, also invited Hiromu to Dragon Gate. So I don't, I mean, it seems like this is just a vehicle for Hiromu to sort of do a big tour of all these different Japanese promotions and have interesting singles matches. So yeah, maybe he's deliberately trying to undermine my assessment that he doesn't have anyone interesting left to feud with. <laughs> right. So certainly within New Japan, the, the well is almost run dry, but uh, yeah, he's definitely set up a lot of stuff for, for the next 12 months for himself. Uh, and there, there was just like a little bit of everything. So, you know, there was the, the spooky shenanigans match where, uh, what was the fella's name? Onryo was doing the ectoplasm to the eyes of his opponents. That ended in a disqualification. Oh. There was some talk of show, uh, having a death match with Isami Kodaka, which I think would be a lot of fun. I would watch that death match show getting out of the wrench. Or maybe you get out of the banana. <laughs> you could wrap the banana in, in barbed wire. Yeah, and then the third match, there was the Shinjiro Atani 10 man tag team match. And as soon as you saw, uh, Jun Kasai was on this match, then you knew what was going to happen. And of course he turned it into a death match. Uh, this one was memorable for. Kota Sekifuda getting the, the wooden skewers jammed into his forehead and then walking backstage and doing his backstage promo with the skewers still <laughs> wiggling around, sticking out of his head. Ugh. That was very funny. Uh, so yeah, there, so there was the, the spooky match, there was the death match match, and there was the pervert match, Why? which of course featured Taguchi with all the guys wearing their matching. It was kind of like a, a hand. A, a, a knitted woolen mankini would be the best way of describing wow. this. And a very funny chant from the Korokun fans of they were chanting hentai, <laughs> which really made me laugh. Uh, but yeah, this match had a whole lot of stuff I wish I hadn't seen. Uh, not least of all, just the character of Batten 
Bora Bora, who's a, a truly frightening looking man, like a, like a doll has come to life. And I wasn't necessarily expecting to see Yumihita Imanari's anus when oh. I turned into this festival of junior heavyweight wrestling, but there it was. And, uh, you know, sober reminder for us all as to what we're missing out uh, when we're not watching DDT. Uh, but I, you know, one low key thing that we missed in the clap crowd era was the crowd response, the, you know, that you bit the, idiosyncratic crowd response to a wrestler getting their head propelled into another man's groin yeah. or bum. You know that sound? Like, it's usually the women in the audience. That shriek <laughs> of horror tinged with a little bit of guilty delight. <laughs> like, they're pretending to be like, oh, no, but they secretly love it. <laughs> Just sensational. So, uh, yeah, that one was uh, very enjoyable there. Uh, Rocky Romero did a little insert promo. He said he wants to do a US version of this. So Multiverse Aces, if they were to run an All-Star Junior Festival in the United States, what promotions and wrestlers would you like to see included? Also, if you could book the ultimate special showcase one-on-one singles match to main event the show, who would you choose? Well, I mean, it feels like we see a lot of these type of things in the States. Uh, even back in the day, Jim Kentner with his uh, best of uh, tournament. Um, well, you figure you're going to have some ring of honor participation. I'm figuring you're going to have, I wouldn't be surprised if you had like the lower level AEW guys, if, if this was going to happen. Uh, I think you'll see like the, you know, the Mike Bailey's of the world speedball, if you will. Uh, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you though. Like if they did something like this in the States, do you think this is a, thing that people would go out of their way to buy a ticket for? Mm. Yeah. I don't think junior slash light heavyweight slash cruiser rate, cruiser rate, cruiser weight wrestling has that level of buzz for it anymore. I mean, you just look at promotion like all elite wrestling. They don't have weight divisions. Right. So, that's already a stumbling block. Like, is there anyone from that roster that Tony Khan necessarily wants being labeled or, or pigeonholed as a junior? <laughs> I'm not sure there is. Right. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of guys like, you know, Ray Phoenix or Pac, but would they necessarily want to have that label on them? Now? Probably I'm not. not. Sure. Yeah. A guy like Pac has probably spent more time trying to get out of that label. Um, I, I don't know. I think that – I mean, I appreciate the fact that if you love the pro wrestling and are really into it, that that, that might be somewhat of a dream scenario to see guys that you maybe never have that they could bring over. But I don't know. I, 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 I would be somewhat skeptical at the appeal of something like that. I don't know. I, I like I, I I look at like New Japan in in Philly and struggling to get a house. I don't know. I mean, that, that I, I I don't know. I I don't know how well it would work. To be brutally honest, I don't know how well it would work. Yeah, just quickly doing a whistle stop for the rest of the show. So there was a three way tag team match. That was a lot of fun. 
you know, non-stop action. You know, when you guys got guys like Despy, Volador Junior, Lindemann, Doki, you know, you know, you're going to get some good stuff there. And a lot of cool lore between a lot of the interactions there, the history uh, of these wrestlers. And it did make me missing El Lindemann in New Japan, who was a guy I came away from best of the Super Juniors last year, really wanting to see New Japan making a push to sign, but. Uh, as of yet, we we have not seen that, but I still think he's one of the most exciting uh, junior heavyweight wrestlers in Japan. Uh, we also had the masked eight-man tag team match, which was uh, a great showcase of all the different masks, lots of different designs and colors and shapes and patterns. But uh, again, a victim of me having watched like five Fantastic Arena shows right before this. So yeah, as I said, that sort of filled a, a lot of my... Uh, hunger for, for seeing stuff like this. Mm. Uh, but even so, I mean, this was really great entertainment. That you know, This was the match where Kevin Kelly was timing how long it would take Miz to go to, to leave the ring. That was a great bit. And uh, I had a little chuckle at the end for Bushi. And uh, it, it was him and Black Mensore uh, going for a fist bump. And just as they were about to do the fist bump, Bushi just missed him in the face. Mm. Uh, and that was very funny. Uh, there was a little impromptu special match between Sima and Kazuki Hirata. Uh, I'm not sure what the significance of that was. I did ask on the Discord, but nobody replied. So maybe, maybe <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm ignorant to that. But they did some silly things uh, which made me laugh. Like they did a spot where Hirata kind of gestured like, you know, you'd see in a samurai movie where two guys have a showdown at the end and one of them just does like one sweeping fluid motion like you barely see them draw this or they just like kind of sweep past the other guy and the other guy's like standing there and then like kind of delayed reaction stuff like a slumps to their knees they did that and that was quite funny so (laughs) that was good i mean if you like things like that you can plonk down your (laughs) 30 (laughs) dollars uh and the five-way match was good so that was uh, session skywalker yohei ishimori Ninja Mac and Soberano Jr. I mean, th- oh. this was one of the, the few matches on this card that had a bit of that dream match spice to it. You okay. know, I, I do uh, have, uh, you know, a lot of time for guys like, you know, Shin Skywalker. He's a big gate, uh, big, big name, getting rave reviews from Dragon Gate. And I've already said that Soberano Jr. is a guy who I thought did tremendously in Fantastic and Mania. So like, seeing them crossing paths together was a lot of fun. And the main event. Okay. So this is the, most interesting thing because initially when it said on the English article that Watto versus Atsuki Aoyagi was going to be the main event, I was like, well, no, no way are they going to do that. I mean, all these other, relatively speaking, stars of uh, Japanese uh, junior heavyweight wrestling, like surely it's going to be like the Hiromu match or the five-way match or whatever. But no, it was this. It was the singles match between Watto and Aoyagi. So Watto... Uh, defeated Aoyagi in 40 minutes, 27 seconds with a recientemente. I'm getting pelters for my shit pronunciation. So thank you for everyone who's helped. Barriaga on the Discord gave me some guidance on how to print out some of these names correctly after I, I butchered them last week. But yeah, this Wato Aoyagi match was really, really good. Like This would be the one match I would say go out of your way to see. Because I mean, first of all, Aoyagi did a really great job making Wato look like a big deal. But I, I think just... Even Watto being given the main event here is a big statement. And I'd be really interested, David, to hear your take on this. Like, if you do actually go and watch it, maybe we can discuss it next week because you might poo-poo this. But I really think Watto's improved a lot over the last 18 months. And this match was a good showcase of that because he's not fucking stuff up anymore. He's added some great new moves to his arsenal, like the 
Tsutenkaku Suplex, uh, the Resistente, the TTD, the Vendaval. So those are all really good moves. And a lot of them are very sort of high impact and they look like they hurt, which is always a plus. I think his striking has improved. It's really on point now. And you know, more to the point, the company are clearly behind him. And you know, one of the things that nobody's talking about with Watto is that you know, this poor bastard, he made his comeback his, from excursion right in the middle of the pandemic. So he was doing all this with either no crowds or clap crowds. So he's only now starting to rediscover that connection he had with the crowds, which he had in spades when he was a, a young lion. Like they were, and this match, it felt like he, he'd rediscovered that because they were living and dying by every near fall here. You know, it was their boy flying the flag for New Japan. I mean, obviously in the crowd, there was a mix of fans of different promotions, but they, they seem to be really behind Watto here. And we got a bit of that Hiraiko Watto, Koraku and Magic that he had pre-excursion because he really fed off that crowd. That was his lifeblood when he was a young lion. And I know he's become a bit of a meme with the Western fans, but the home fans really love this guy. Like, don't, don't hand wave this. Like, they want a reason to cheer for him. So... Let's see what we've got with him now that we've got proper crowds back and it seems like he's getting a proper push because I think he deserves that. And I think Watomania is happening this Ooh. year. I, if you were to ask me for an early best of the Super Juniors pick, I would say Master Watto, he's, he's your guy. I think you brought up a very fair point in that uh, I think everyone owes it to him to judge him under the lens of there are people in the building. I think that's a fair and valid point um, because you're right. He debuted in a, you know, for him at least, it felt like a somewhat awkward gimmick um, and that he never really kind of felt he found his groove with without crowds, without noise, and then clap crowds and, and all of that. So, yes, I would I, I agree with that, and I think he deserves that 100%. Two, I think that he has improved. I don't think he, I don't think he's the same guy from a year ago, right? Um, that being said, I th- I still think we have a little ways to go. But again, I think if we judge him by what he's doing in a true pro wrestling environment instead of being, you know, uh, uh, you know, performing moves in an in an empty building. So yes, um, I I was shocked that he was headlining it, um, which once again kind of goes to my point of, man, there's wasn't a lot that people could sink their teeth into to get them to buy. I appreciate the fact that Kevin Kelly and, and Chris Charlton did their homework and they presented the information in a clear and concise manner that that's their job and they do it excellently uh, as, as the readers of the Wrestling Observer pointed out to all of us uh that being said that that does not that does not help in people buying the pay-per-view right that's that you I mean you're doing a great job while they're there but somebody's got to you know roll the dice and say okay i'm going to take a shot on this show and seeing master watto atop there might have been like one of those things where people saw and like, i'm not fucking buying this um, I'm going to ask you. Maybe that's why they did it. Maybe that's why they made it in a mystery <laughs> right. vortex. Because right. honestly, if they'd have if they'd have announced that from Jump Street that that was the main event, I think 
a lot of Western fans would have just laughed right. at it. Right. They would have hand-waved it. Um, scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being you know, the greatest show you've ever seen, to 1 being uh, a WWF house show in 1982 with, uh, well, maybe 86, with Dino Bravo on top. Uh, where would you put this show? I can't hand on heart say it's worth the money. Okay. So it's not worth the $30. No. Okay. Is it worth, but if you have the chance of it, the main event is worth your time. Okay. Um, but I would suggest other means of procuring that. I understand. I understand what you're saying. Um, yeah. And look, it's, I appreciate your honesty with it. I appreciate your honesty with it. Because if we were like, oh, no, it's great. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I think our credibility will be. No, no, I, I'm generally higher on stuff than most people. Like, you know, I've sat here and praised Fantastic Mania for two shows straight about how great it was. But I'm praising that through the lens of you are already paying for this service. Right. This is free to watch. Right. You will enjoy it if you watch it. You, you've already plunked your money down. You might as well watch it. You'll have a good time. When it comes to recommending stuff that you are required to pay extra for, that's a whole different ballgame. Absolutely. And, I, and and this does not pass that test. Excellent. I love it. I don't love it that it was, but I love your honesty and I appreciate your honesty. And I know our listeners do as well. So excellent job by you. Okay. That is all for today. So redcircle.com forward slash show support slash super dash J dash cast. If you want to throw some money our way, we always appreciate that. Discord link you can get by sending me a direct message on Twitter at okay. Cobra Kawaii and progressingtees.com forward slash super choose that forward slash super J cast. Basically, thank you to editor Dan. You can find him on Twitter at LousyHero219. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Give us a five snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at the Super JCast. Before I close, Damon, yes. right, I've done this entire one hour, 45 minute podcast in the bedroom, yes. in the same room as my sleeping children. Not a, peep, Not a peep. So I was right. You were right. Okay. Excellent. You know it. You nailed it. You know what? I'm calling this the Super Joelcast. This, this episode is going to be called it's the Super Joke. Super Dad Cast. Because you nailed it all the way through. Excellent job. And, and the voice hung on till the very end. Yeah. Hanging by a thread. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And goodbye. My name's Neil David, and I'm the host of Euro Graps Express, the podcast exclusively dedicated to the wrestling of Europe. If it's wrestling, and it happens in Europe, and it's good, we talk about it. Whether it's RevPro, Progress, WXW, Passion Pro, Pro Wrestling Chaos, Pro Wrestling North, we don't care, we talk about them all. If it's good, and it's exciting, I want to share it with you. We're on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Check us out on the feed. Check us out on Twitter at EuroGrapsEXP. And join us for chat about European wrestling and a little bit of chat about cheese. Hopefully see you there.